you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome in to Good Morning Football. We are live in New York City. It's Friday, April 7th. My name is Jane Slater alongside Kyle Brandt, Jason McCourty, and we got Peter Schrager here. Guys, it's been a while since we've been at the breakfast table, and then I get to New York, and the weather is outstanding. Yes. Yeah! We will welcome you in with open arms. Yes. Time for the lead block. Lead block. Lead block. <laughs> All right, here's a look at the top 10 picks in Landerline's mock draft 3.0. We're off to a good start, folks. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Young going first to the Panthers. And then some wild trades, sending C.J. Stroud to the Ravens with the fourth pick and Will Levis to the Texans with the seventh pick. All right, so that's Lance's latest mock. Got a little trade happy in the sure. first round. In reality, which team can really flip the table and shake this draft up with the top ten picks? I'm looking at the Indianapolis Colts. Sure. And the reason I am is because so much can happen before they're on the clock. We know the first two teams, and we're anticipating they may just go with quarterbacks. And we know the Colts need one, but out of the top four, who do the Colts like? I think that's the question mark. We look at Shane Steichen, and we saw what he was able to do with Jalen Hurts and Philadelphia, a mobile quarterback, and help develop his arm. And what we saw and what Jalen Hurts was able to produce last year, specifically in the Super Bowl, running and throwing the ball all over the field. Maybe he likes a Will Levis. Maybe he likes uh, a Anthony Richardson. But where do those guys fall? The Colts can come on the clock at number four, and Stroud and Bryce Young can be the one and two pick. Then somebody can jump up to three and take Arizona's spot, and now the Colts are sitting there and just like, all right, the quarterbacks, the top three we had on our board are all gone. Are they willing to go with the number four quarterback if they mm-hmm. really have them rated 25 out of the top prospects in the draft? So they may be looking and say, you know what? No, this isn't where we wanted our quarterback. And maybe they just go with the best available draft prospect. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we can bring Lamar Jackson's name back up hey, on Lamar. another day do on it, Good Morning it, Football. And maybe they go and try to make a trade to free Lamar from Baltimore. Yes, I said free him from Baltimore. I don't care what you guys think and bring him to Indianapolis. A chance for him to kind of restart this franchise after they have gone through quarterback after quarterback after quarterback after Andrew Luck has retired. This would be a beautiful sight to see him in a new city in those beautiful blue uniforms. Jim Ursay would be fired up to see Lamar bringing fans into the stadium and him running all over the field. I think the Colts have a chance in that four spot to shake things up depending upon what happens the three spots ahead of him. I'm okay, here's another question it. for you. If you're Colts GM Chris Ballard, you mm-hmm. guys have had a rotating door at quarterback, obviously. It hasn't gone well. The Cardinals are on the clock at three. Mm-hmm. Do you, no matter what, say, okay, let's just give the Cardinals next year's first-round pick? Like, we don't want to even risk it. We want to get that third pick? Mm. Oh, that's tough. I feel like if you're if you're drafting a quarterback this high, the first thing you want to do is be able to build around him to kind of take some of that pressure off. So when you start giving up those draft picks for the future, I mean, you could be pairing him with a hell of a receiver or a starting 
tackle next year in that first round. So mm -hmm. I don't know if you just give up the house to I don't move up their spot. two, three. It's right. If I'm, right? If I'm thinking, outside, yeah, yeah, like the go. fourth overall pick is a hell of a high pick. Yeah. And I'm going to get the fourth yeah. quarterback and the fourth or even the third. If, I don't. I want my first or second yeah. pick. Mm -hmm. I want my first pick. So it's a tough spot for them to be in, for sure. I don't know about the Lamar trade, though. We, we'll keep waiting and waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if Jim Irsay throws in Stevie Nicks' mic stand, he can sweeten the yeah. pot a little bit. Huge right? music. Loves, so loves, so. <laughs> loves it. I'm going after Indianapolis. Mm. I don't think the Seattle Seahawks are used to being in the top 10, and the Seattle Seahawks have the fifth overall pick, but they also have the 20th overall pick. I think it's really interesting because I feel like they hold a lot of the keys to this thing. Do they go quarterback? If Anthony Richardson or Will Levis is sitting there, do they go quarterback? Remember, they signed Geno Smith, and everyone says, whoa, three years, is it? You look at the numbers, it's essentially a one-year, $27 million deal, and then the next two years, it's really the team's option. They can get out of it. Geno, outstanding last year. He gets the contract. He's 32 years old. But is this one of those deals where you say, okay, Gino, but we don't expect to ever be this high again. We, they bring back just about everybody from last year, which was a playoff team. Mm -hmm. They have all this young talent. Do you say, okay, we have a top five pick. If there's a quarterback there, you take him now and you just stash him for a year. Or you take him now and you trade away Drew Locke and you try to say, okay, it's mm -hmm. Gino versus this guy this summer. I think the Seattle deal is interesting. And, Jane, we've been covering the draft for years mm -hmm. as far as these general managers go and these coaches go. John Schneider has a history and a tendency to trade back, to mm. trade back, to trade yeah. back. To just picks. collect action. Loves, Loves picks. Loves picks. And if you saw last year, what they do with their picks? Well, they got the uh, Kenneth Walker, probably the best running back as a rookie last year. They got two starting yeah. offensive tackles. They got Tariq Woolen. Yeah. They added Kobe Bryant. They added. <laughs> so, like, they're really good at drafting. What do they do at five? To me, if Anthony Richardson is on the board at five and you're Seattle and you've got all this young talent and you're up and coming and you got the fifth pick because of the Denver yeah. trade with Russell Wilson, I don't know if you pass on Anthony Richardson as a talent and say, at the very least, let's have him and Geno together. And maybe Geno, as much as you think this is Geno Smith's time to finally be QB1, yeah. maybe it's Geno, you're QB1, mm -hmm. but your job is to also mentor this guy and get him up to speed. Mm. That's a good one, Peter. I like the Seattle one. I don't know if you guys know this, but Bill Belichick's time is over. It's done. He's just, just lie down and die. Gerard Mayo's ready. He's going to be the head coach. Belichick's not. It's over. Hope it was fun. Well, or is there one last zombie Belichick making moves? The Patriots are at 14. I'm going to just sit here right now. What day is it today? It is the 7th of April. The Patriots are not going to stay at 14. I think they're going to do something very aggressive. Even just the optics of the Jets drafting at 13, I think, immediately triggers Belichick. You know that, Jason. They hate the Jets. Hey, he yo. hates the Jets. I think he hates them with a pat. I'm not, I don't think he's sitting there at 14 and taking the Jets scraps. I think he's going to be aggressive. I think he's going to do something bold. Because why the hell not? And if that includes doing something not just bold but radical, like drafting a rookie quarterback and moving on from Mac Jones, and you say, well, then you have to trade Mac. Who's going to trade for Mac? I don't think he really cares. Find somebody who will send him a sixth-round pick for Mac Jones. I'm Bill Belichick, and you're not. Shut up. I'm going to move on to the next guy. I am not going to lay down and die and just wait to hand this thing over. I built this thing. This is my company. I think this draft is a very interesting opportunity for him to do something bold, dynamic, and completely shocking. Whether it's keep that guy or move on with him, I don't know. I just don't think he's going to sit there until 14 and take the, the third best pass rusher or some safety or something and just stock and then be like, oh, we'll try it again. The Patriots Nation is unacceptable right now. The team, that team is, everybody says they're about championships. About four teams are. They are about championships. They're not about mm. maybe we can get a wild card in second or third in the AFC East. Do something bold. I, I can't sit them checking. Last year they were on the first round clock, yeah. 29th or 27th or whatever. 
to Cole Strange, offensive guard. How'd that go? He's great. Yeah, he's fine. He's yeah, a he's good fine. player. Exactly. Exactly. He's fine. Packers yeah. every year. This is the year they got to do it. Who do they always take? Defensive player. Like, why is this? Uh, this is Passover. Why is this year unlike any other year for the New England Patriots? Why do you think this changes? Because they're sub 500 since Brady left. It's a different team. It's a different. Friend. Let's see what the Packers do a couple years from now when Rodgers is gone. It's they do the same thing every year. Fine, then keep doing that thing because Belichick runs the show. I haven't seen him win a playoff game since Brady left. In fact, the only one he was in, he got annihilated in. Maybe you change it up a little bit I like because it. there's a guy waiting and people saying that Belichick's uh, got to get things going here. Mm. I hope he's as bold as his fashion choice at TCU Pro Day last week. He showed up in white shorts, a blue button down in his backpack. He looked like he literally just got back from a clam bake. And as you ah. looked across at all the scouts and the coaches... You knew exactly where Bill Belichick was. Is that right? So I love the book. I love that. Yeah. See, I heard Robert Kraft saw his outfit and said he's getting meatier. You know, and they're like, I, Bill, you <laughs> look meatier. He's not going to let me live this down. Meaty. I'm going to work meaty. on my adjectives, but it was a good one. That's trust perfect, me. This Jane. guy looks like he's been lifting in the offseason. I'll take it. Mm. I'm not getting any of that at home. It's great. <laughs> I'll take meatier. That sounds pretty good. Meaty. Right, don't come at me. Don't come at me. Don't go to Medieval Times on Wednesday. Yeah. That's good, Peter. It's a great What do you think, Slater? You know, I'm looking at the Cardinals to shake it up. And hear me out on this. Okay. There's been a lot of upheaval this offseason. Cliff's gone. You've got a lot of questions about Kyler Murray. They obviously have their quarterback, but this is where the non-quarterback portion of the draft starts. Now, they've got questions about D-Hop. Now, I'm not saying they're going to go wide receiver there, but they've got to figure that situation out. And then I think the other thing is, do they hold other teams hostage that need a quarterback? In other words, we talk about Indy. And so I think this is going to be fascinating. Although, if you look at Lance's mock draft, I think it's fascinating what he's saying with Houston, that Houston's not going to take a quarterback there. So I think that's going to be interesting. But I think the Cardinals is really where this draft's going to start. So I think they have an opportunity to sort of throw this thing into chaos and get us all excited at number three. Hmm. Agreed. It's, it's also they have a bare bottom roster around the league, mm-hmm. so they can go in any direction. Any direction. You're not going to say, well, they need to fill this. Vote. That's the, I mean, what you're looking at right now is Lance Erlein. He's got a lot of crazy stuff going on, but at three, he's got Will Anderson. And that is, that's what would you call that? That is just, that's chalk. Like, mm-hmm. that's the mm-hmm. guy that's the mm-hmm. best defensive best player. player yeah. But to me, that is a very tradable pick. Is there any there. chance Arizona goes quarterback and says, you know what? Like, we see somebody, we have so Tyler. many mm-hmm. so many mm-hmm. question marks that, hey, we feel like we need to start over mm-hmm. at the quarterback mm-hmm. position with a young guy on a rookie contract. Would you? It feels pricey, though, Ooh. right? I feel like I'm on a first date. I ask a question and yeah, you follow saying, and you, you come like... right back at me. No, I wouldn't. I, I think I would I would wait and see Kyler get healthy. While he's getting healthy, we have a chance to build around him, possibly trade back to your point and get a few guys. Mm. Yeah, if D Hop is gone and JJ Watt is obviously gone and Rodney Hudson's obviously mm-hmm. gone. I mean, he's like the last man standing. He's got the huge I mean, it's crazy. We'll talk about Kyler more in the show because yeah. Steve Kime had comments, but to think that like it's officially like Kyler's team. He's like the senior yeah. leader and he's yeah. the guy. That sounds it's, great. It's, it's <laughs> Think about the weight on this new GM too. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be intriguing. All right. Well, speaking of the quarterbacks in the 2023 NFL draft, our experts are breaking down everything you need to know each weekday on Path to the Draft right here on NFL Network. For more on one guy to keep an eye out for, here's Rhett Lewis and Bucky Brooks. Hi, friends. Welcome back inside the Path to the Draft studios. Trent Lewis and Bucky Brooks here with you. You know, and when we look at the top quarterbacks in this draft, all too often Hinton Hooker's name has been left out of the mix. But he's an absolute stud in this class, especially when you look at his touchdown to interception ratio. See some of the big names on there that have had some of those great years in this category since 2018. And Hinton Hooker's name is on there twice. 
By the way, the other four people on there, they were all first-round picks in the year that they came out. Hendon Hooker on the road to recovery after that knee injury and talking about his mindset as a rookie. Yeah, I'm just trying to get as healthy uh, as possible, and, and that'll help me, you know, longevity-wise. But, you know, I just want to come in and be a sponge and, and learn as much as I can from any and everyone in the building. You had an electrifying career here at Tennessee, 58 touchdowns to just five interceptions. How did you limit those mistakes while still making plays downfield? Knowing when to take chances. It's always a time and place for everything. So uh, knowing when to take those chances and uh, squeeze it into tight windows or, you know, just take what they give me. And that all comes from my preparation. I pride myself in preparation, and that helped me in the long run. Our Omar Ruiz there chatting with Hinden Hooker at the Tennessee Pro Day, in which he was unable to physically participate. But, man, I tell you what, in meeting with teams, it sure sounds like Hinden Hooker is impressing the teams and evaluators with what he's able to show and showcase. So with that in mind, should Hinden Hooker be a first-round pick, Buck? Yes, he should be a first-round pick. You heard him right there. The maturity that he displays when he meets with teams, it conveys a first-round talent. To go with film, that certainly suggests he's first-round worthy. This is a guy who has put up big numbers at Tennessee. And back-to-back years, 58 touchdowns, five interceptions. You put up the board where everyone on that board before Hendon Hooker was a top of the Mm first-round player. And so when I think about this guy, outstanding experience, great leadership ability, outstanding arm talent and when you watch him play against the best in the SEC here's one of the more dominant players to me it's an easy situation to look at Hendon Hooker even with the injury and say somewhere in the first round near the bottom of the first round Hendon Hooker should hear his name yeah I'm kind of looking at some of those teams with multiple first round picks as those that could be in the Hendon Hooker Hinder, Hendon Hooker market looking at you know maybe the Detroit Lions at 18 maybe the Vikings at 23 uh, maybe the Seahawks at 20 with established veteran quarterbacks to give some time to Hendon Hooker to get ready to play. So just a couple of thoughts there. We've got plenty more each and every weekday here on Path to the Draft. Join us at 6 p.m. Eastern. All right. Well, right now on NFL.com, you can read Lancer Line's latest mock draft, and it's a doozy. He does not have Hendon Hooker going in the first round. We'll see how it all shakes out the 2023 draft. Now, Peter, what have you been hearing on Hendon Hooker, and how do you think this one all plays out? Because this one's going to be intriguing. Yeah, look, he's either the fifth quarterback taken or the sixth quarterback taken, and that might be end of the first, might be second. And I remember last year we were all like, I love Malik Willis. Everyone loved Malik Willis. And then when it came down to it, he was a third-round pick. And on the the day after, no one had to think up the tape of every show on on every network talking about Malik Willis. We did hard work on Malik Willis. Hard work. And and guess what? Hendon Hooker is a complete different story than Malik Willis in that Hendon Hooker is a six-year player yeah. in college. At Virginia Tech, he had an established career. Then he goes and has an outstanding career at Tennessee. They're 6-0. They beat Alabama, and then he unfortunately tears his knee up. So there's an injury situation. He's also 25 years old, which you can see is a positive or a negative. Bryce Young's 21. So, look, I, I love the love the kid. Everyone loves the kid and love the game. There's a lot of questions there when you've got a coming off an ACL. So, where do I see him? I see him in either the back end of the first round or early second. And if he goes fifth overall, like I've seen some mock drafts have, God bless him. That's awesome for the kid because he has been through a lot mm-hmm. since November when he mm-hmm. hurt his knee. Speed, arm strength, mm. 
if he hadn't had the injury, where might he have gone? Mm -hmm. And I just think the question, I think, for a lot of these teams are, do we want him now or do we want him later? You guys loving some of the mock-ups where you're seeing him go to Minnesota, mm. yeah. where you could see him sort of put him on the bench, put him behind Kirk Cousins. I think that would be so intriguing. And I'm going to talk about him mm. a little bit later in the show because I think he's certainly one of the fascinating ones to keep an eye on. I was talking to someone the other day. They said that he reminds you of a little bit of a thinner, more elusive Cam Newton. Uh, I thought that Cam was Newton's an interesting one of the greatest comp. quarterbacks of his generation. Yeah. Really, MVP. really interesting comp. So I just... I think that one is going to be such an intriguing one to keep an eye on as we mm. let it lead up to the draft. Because like I said, if it wasn't for the injury, we'd be talking about him so much differently than how we're talking about him now. Yeah, you look at some of these teams in that game. Seattle's got the 20th pick, right? You've got the Baltimore Ravens with a quarterback question at 22. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the team you were talking about, the Minnesota Vikings, with Kirk Cousins essentially have a year left, but huge numbers last couple of years. Do you bring in mm. Hooker at 23? That seems to be a sweet spot where I think you'd start seeing his name, but he can go earlier. I was hanging with Kirk at the Pro Bowl, and I just said, you want to keep playing for a while? Are you? He's like, oh, yeah. Like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, he, he's, there's no thing about, I'll play a couple more years, and I'll finish up bringing the new guy and retire. Yeah. He has a lot of football left to play. Yeah, I they, still they didn't extend him, though. I know. I know. Maybe play somewhere else. Who knows? Yeah. I'm still waiting for the NFL Plus show that's just you and Kirk Cousins. Let's go. Just living that dad life. That's a good show yeah. I've Living watched. that dad life's a good name for it. It is a good one. Mm. There you go. Yeah. That sounds like an option. Like hanging with Mr. Cooper. Like <laughs> hanging with Mr. Cousins. Living, wow. I like that. Living that dad life. It's great. Do you like the band Train? I know I do. Let's get an <laughs> in-studio band. <laughs> hanging with Mr. Cooper. <laughs> Mark Curry. Yeah. Off the bus. All right. Coming up, Browns fans are gearing up for the first ever Cleveland Browns cruise. Oh, yeah. What other fan bases deserve a vacation, though? The crew makes their picks. That one's next. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good morning, football. Hey, do you like eating dinner with total strangers? You should go on a cruise. Do you like being dropped off on an island with the idea the boat might leave you on that island? You should go on a cruise. Guys, cruises, they're back. They're back. And Browns fans looking to take a Caribbean vacation. Oh, you're in luck. Because you have the inaugural Browns Fan Cruise. This is happening. It's happening next March. you got a year to prepare. So with that in mind, we just thought we would just run with this. Because all of us, my friends over here, Peter Schrager is a huge cruise love guy. It. Can't get enough of it. Peter, you're into the cruise? Love it. Love when you've got some strange man on a warp yeah. slide pushing you. Before yeah. I love it. So That's where great. are you from? What do you do? <laughs> we should exchange numbers. After that, we should get together. Let's do that. Yeah. Post-pandemic. Post yeah, yeah, sure. A huge cruise guy. Are you going to finish that shrimp? Uh, listen. <laughs> We've got ideas for other fan base cruise lines, whatever fan base it might be, with a new segment we call Champion Ships. Yeah, yeah. baby. We're each going to pitch a cruise for a specific team's fan base. We're going to break down the itinerary, ship activities, special guests, and more. And our special guest today is the inimitable Jane Slater. Jane, what cruise do you want to present? All right, I got to pitch this one. Yeah. The good news is it's got an easy port to go out of. I'm talking New Orleans. Hey. It's the Saint and Sinners trip. Hi, I'm here. I like the name. This is where you detox before you retox. Okay. All right, and that's every single night. Oh yes. So you've got to prepare your liver, right? Are you interested in martial arts? Are you passionate about anime? 
then don't miss the anime-themed karate class taught by first mate slash first Kazakage, ah, Jamal Williams. That's the class I'm in. One of yeah. my favorites. Kazakage. What's Cam doing? Get on a roll for roller disco night led by Captain Cam Jordan. Mm, mm, mm. So much fun. Fat Tuesday, more like Fit Tuesday, folks. <laughs> Work off those yeah. extra trips to the buffet with Jameis Winston and our Mardi Gras style Marty meet Mardi Gras moves meets Zumba class. Jameis is going to teach that. I'm in. Yes. And for anyone who's more sinner than saint, Demario Davis is here with a daily prayer session. Mm-hmm. Love this. And make a splash with our Crash the Cake contest. Oh, my God. You jump into a three-layer king cake where the winner finds a fake baby. That's what they do in the cake That's cake. the, yeah. wow. It'll be a fake baby. And What's Harry Connick doing? It's, that's not it, folks. <laughs> the rules will be assigned if you're a saint or a sinner. So if you're a saint, you're up top. Oh. If you're a sinner, down below. And if you're in purgatory, you get to watch all of last year's 7 and 10 season on hey repeat. Oh. And you get a special guest appearance by Saints fan faithful Harry Connick Jr. <laughs> oh. Hey, listen, hope floats. It's a cruise, right? So um, there's different wings for the Saints versus yes. the Sinners. That's awesome. Does our guy Sean Payton get to go on this ship, or is he not allowed? Or is he back in Denver? Like, are we allowed? I, I mountain want, hiking expedition. Or I, want, I want, I want, Sean on this thing. I, no, Sean's not no, allowed, buddy. No, I'm sorry. Allowed. I'm sorry. He's, 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 he's taking, in purgatory. He's taken. Uh, Jane, I've never heard the verb retox, but retox. it's awesome. There you go. I'm gonna do that. Demario tonight. Davis in front of a chapel. Yes. yes. <laughs> a lot of penance. Exactly. It's a great place for him to be. I had too much a lot of conversion. All right, here we go. Um, <laughs> to do your cruise, Peter. Go ahead. Here, look, I'm from the Northeast. <laughs> Anytime anyone's going on a cruise, it's like, I'm going to this tropical place. Mm-hmm. But if you live in the Northeast and you were in the early 2000s, you were envious of one place and one place only. Hmm. And that was Los Angeles. Okay. I want to go on a cruise <laughs> with the 2004 USC Trojans. I want right. to live that go life. On. Yes. Right. Go on. This is where it's at, okay? I'm talking about the most magical college team of all time with some of the biggest biggest personalities who were living the life. Don't miss your chance to fight on with Pete Carroll. Lindell. Don't miss your chance to hang out with Lindell White. Oh, yes. After hours as well, hang out with Reggie Bush. He's going to be our social director. Yeah. And you've got them all. You've got Lane Kiffin on this cruise. Okay. You've got Lojack. You've got Ryan Khalil, hey now. who's now a top film producer sure. out in L.A. All of these guys. I want to really live. Now, look wasn't just them. Go on. Because we're going to bring back some of their friends from the early 2000s L.A. Yeah! <laughs> I'm talking about Lindsay Lohan's on this cruise, okay? Britney Spears is on this cruise. Paris Hilton, new child, married. Still, she's joining on us cruise. on the cruise. Hey, want you to, trio that's a great trio. This is yes. it. I want you to picture Bliss on La Brea in 2004, White Lotus, the club on oh. Sunset. Michelle Rodriguez's birthday was there. It's You, you can't get Is there a club that. called 90? I don't know. Uh, I texted Matt Leinert last night. I go, give me one reference from that time. Was there a club? And he was like, just 90. But you know what? <laughs> He might have been tweeting, texting somebody else. He might have been doing anything. I don't know yeah. what 90 is. Let's Amazing. just hope Club 90 was a thing. If not, the last 30 seconds will be forgotten. Like your entire experience <laughs> on this 04 Trojans. I think cruise. 90 was how many numbers he got every night. <laughs> that might have right? been it. <laughs> That's a hell of a night. 2004 Trojans, the greatest team ever. Also the most fun college football team this side of Miami. So, hey, you, McCordy. Hey, I'll take my crack out. It's hard to follow up. <laughs> I am going with a fan base that needs a much-needed vacation right now. The Green Bay Packers. There's a lot going on, and it is a time for love. So please join us on this cruise ship. Jordan Love will be the captain of the ship. He will be leading all, and he will be pointing you in the right direction. 
We've got former Packers. We've got celebrity fans working what? all over the ship. We got Brett Favre will be handling all lodging. He knows so much about it. Our guy, Brian Baumgartner, he'll be greeting the fans, welcoming them in, and making them feel at home. And, of course, Ellen DeGeneres is so nice. She yeah. can handle anybody. So if you have a complaint about our staff, just please come talk to her, and she will help you figure it and out. And she will berate them and end their careers. Oh, no, that's what they say. But hey, you can't have a cruise without <laughs> music. So let's get some of our celebrity fans. Look at this lineup. Wow. I'm looking for love. You have Timberlake, Harry Styles. And if you just want to kind of have a good time, you have Lil Wayne on there because you got to be able to fit all demographics. Everybody <laughs> is welcome on our cruise ship. It is all about love. And that's why we want to cater to our couples. You come on in. If you're going through a rough patch, we have Quay Walker to guys help you conflict oh. resolution. You don't want to get ejected <laughs> from the relationship. You want to be able to stay months. there and you want to yeah. be able to work out your differences. You learn from the past. It is all about the couples. And it's not just that. You get to have a good time after you resolve it. Okay. Come dance with Jair Alexander. We saw him grittying all over the field. A great personality. Couples, you okay. have a chance to have some fun. Bottle Quay service, Walker. Jack. Bottle service. Oh, you know he got it. He's oh, coming on, in baby. with the yellow sunglasses and it all. But fun in the sun. That's what a cruise is all about. Throw your shades on. We're going to meet you on the top deck and nobody other than Aaron Jones. You see the hat, block the sun, throw those stunner shades on, and you get to go up there and have a blast. And for some of you guys, you get to sign up for VIP, too. There's going to be a special really? guest. Got yes. It. Is 12 going to be there? He's going to be there, guys. What? He is going to be there. Special guest, VIP passes, meet and greet, whatever you want to learn about, he has you taken care of. A time for love. Come on to our cruise ship. We have everything planned for you. Incredible. Drop your bags, relax, and let's have a good time. That's great. We, we can, can we call it the love boat? Love boat. Right? Yeah, that would be a perfect, right? Yeah. Right. Jason. <laughs> I could have loved that. Too yeah. obvious, Kyle. That's all right. All right, so which cruise? do you want to go on? Peter's old uh, Trojans one. Yeah. We, we have the Love Boat and the yeah. Packers. We have the Saints and Sinners, emceed by Jane Slater. You can tell us in the meantime, which team has the fastest players in the NFL? What do you, what do you think? It's time for another edition of Next Gen Chats, and one of the best players is here at the table. We're going to get to know the next generation of NFL stars with a few questions. Our next guest is a tackling machine yeah. <laughs> from the Green Wave. Last season, you mm. saw him all over the field. Please give it up for former Tulane linebacker Dorian Williams. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What's up, man? <laughs> Appreciate it. How y'all doing? Welcome to New York. Uh, thank you, thank you. Yeah. You were an individual, but the team story last year was just so darn cool. A historic season for the Green Wave last year. The high of course, the Cotton Bowl win over Caleb Williams and USC. Mm. You're the defensive MVP of that game. Tulane football beating go, USC football. Tell us about that afternoon and what you guys put together to make sure that America saw Tulane get that big win. Yes, sir, indeed. You know, we had a special season, you know, uh, saying we were going to win the conference championship going into the season. You know, a lot of people didn't believe in us. Coming from a 2-10 and 10 season, you know, having the biggest turnaround in college football history. So, I know a lot of people didn't, you know, believe in us. We never knew what, you know, the next side would look like. Mm. You know, after winning the conference championship, we never knew, you know, who was next, you know, because we always yeah. say in the conference championship, and, you know, the combo is like, you, you got to go out on top, man. Hell so yeah. we all we all knew, you know, we had to go out there and um, put a show for New Orleans and put a show for our, you know. Awesome. Yeah, one thing I love that you said is no one believed in us. And you think about your experience, which you're going through right now, went to the combine, ran a 4.49 in the 40, and 
everybody's talking about you. What was that experience like, especially coming from Tulane, seeing all the big schools and you being able to stack right up there with the rest of them? Uh, it was great. You know, uh, I felt like a lot of us were under-recruited in high school. So, you know, for us to go out there and put on the show on the football field and then show, you know, we can run with the best. We can, you know, do whatever with the best. And, uh, you know, I had fractured my wrist two weeks before that. So I, I had you know, a week of training right before then. And then I was like, man, let's just go out and put, try and put on the show. I know mm -hmm. I knew I could run. Mm -hmm. So that's all it is, just running. I love it. It's there. You know, there's another Tulane prospect that's getting a little bit of love. Amen. Your teammate, Tajay Spears. Okay. You guys seem really close. Yes, Give him a little love here at the breakfast table. What is an NFL team getting with your guy? Oh, man, Tajay Spears, you're going to get everything with him. He's, he's an amazing player. That shows on for tape. You know, you give him a little little hole, you know, he's going to hit it for 30, 40 yards every time. Uh, he's hard to bring down. I think he went third, second in the nation in, in touchdowns. So, I mean, he shows his, his athletic ability and then his character. You know, he's a great football player. He's an even better person. So he's going to bring that into the locker room, too. Dude, I love the love. So do I love the love, too. You got charisma coming out of your yeah. ears, man. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm I appreciate you. it. Yeah. We got to get you some got endorsements. Some juice. <laughs> <laughs> you, want, you want to do Nike? You want to do Pepsi? All of it. Right. Just, All yeah, I'm Dorian Williams, and I like Little Caesars Pizza. Got <laughs> the check. I'm telling you, they're going to the do it. Send this guy the check. All right, so abrupt change of topics here. Jason McCourty is bald. And I'm pointing <laughs> that out because we have talked about it at length. We had Patriots pass rusher Matthew Judon, one of the best pass rushers in the league. Yeah, He's got long hair like you. And his belief was that there's power in yeah. the long hair and it resulted in sort of a cold war between the team bald and team long hair. Do you feel like there's power in it? Do you feel energized and play better because of your hair? Oh, for sure. You know, when you oh. see the, with the hair swaying and stuff, I mean, it brings a little energy to everybody, I mm -hmm. feel like. You know, I mean, the bald guys, you know, there's nothing, nothing flowing back there. No. <laughs> Oh, Coming in with the heat. Well, right. but you got the hair, you're doing your thing, you're running fast 40, so we're happy to have you on here as yes, well. Sir, so I love you. it. Let me ask you something. Yeah, go ahead. Get in there. You know, we love this guy. Willie Fritz has this team, and now you said 2 and 10, right? And then you guys go and you beat USC with the Heisman winner after he had already won the Heisman. Yeah. What's it like on campus that next mm -hmm. couple of weeks? Like, what is it like being in your shoes? It's like, we just beat the USC freaking Trojans in the Cotton Bowl, yeah. and this team was two and ten last year. What was it like for you that rest of the semester, and then of course now that you're still in the mix? Uh, it was great. You know, it was a storybook ending. You know, going back, those guys, you know, they put up all sorts of banners and posters and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I know those guys are getting ready for next year, and they're they're putting it all past them. Yeah. We enjoyed it. We had our parades. You know, Mardi Gras had all that. Had a fun time. It's time for next year. You know, they, those guys got to go back and do it again. So who, who do you, Tulane? I think of Matt Forte, right? Who's yeah. your guy? That you look at Sean Kane. Star, yeah. Sean Kane. Yeah. Who's yeah. your guy as far as NFL goes? I mean, it doesn't have to be a Tulane player. Could be an NFL player. Who's the person you look to and say, "Hey, that's someone whose career I'd like to model myself after." I would say Shaquille Leonard. I mean, he, oh, he yeah, does great. Right. I'm from South Carolina as well, small town kid from South Carolina. So you know, we look up to our South Carolinians, and uh, mm, he does he does that. a great job of getting the ball out, and I love that. Mm. Yeah. This guy said Carolinians. 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 Uh, we love everything about you, man. There's a team yes, that's going to be very happy to have you. All right. Well, coming up, Cardinals GM Steve Kime puts the narrative surrounding his quarterback to bed. Are we buying it? It's going to be an interesting discussion. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good morning, football! 
No one can knock the talent and potential of Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray, but there have been lingering concerns over his maturity and work ethic, including from his right tackle, Kelvin Beecham, who last month said Murray needs to, quote, grow up a little bit. Former Cardinals GM Steve Kime went on the Greenlight podcast with Chris Long yesterday and had this to say about Murray. Work, he does work. I think it's just that side of the the game, the film study, the attention to detail part that he can continue to improve upon. And I think he will because Kyler's a proud guy, man. He doesn't want to he doesn't want to lose and he doesn't want to let people down. So, you know, I think his best ball is ahead of him. I think they need to be creative and do the right things with him offensively. But, you know, I think the, the best ball is ahead of him and I think he'll get it right. But like I said, it's just to me in that area of watching film, studying the game, attention to detail. I think that's the area where he can vastly improve. Last offseason, we're talking about him. This offseason, we're talking about him. I don't think any of us at this table are shocked by what Steve Kime said there. But I want to ask you guys, what do you make of it? Not only what Steve Kime said, but really the narrative that Kyler Murray just in general mm. lacks maturity and a work ethic. What do you think it's going to take, Peter, for him to sort of change the narrative that seems very pervasive across the league? Yeah, I feel like it's almost unanimous. And, and as much as you know, his former general manager who banged his career on drafting him was positive, he says at the end there, like, he needs to work on those aspects of his game still. It is rock bottom in Arizona mm-hmm. right now. I'm talking rock bottom. That's the phrase. And it is, it is devoid of talent on the roster at, at key positions when we say that J.J. Watt is now retired. And you know that, uh, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins might not be back. So your top two stars around Kyler aren't going to be there. And then you have a first-year head coach. You have a first-year general manager. There is a lot to pick and prod at the Cardinals. And they hired a defensive coordinator who's 29 and an mm-hmm. offensive coordinator who's 35. So you've got this really young coaching staff, a first First year general manager, franchise that's in the headlines for reasons outside of football. And then you've got Kyler, and it's like, you want to prove people wrong? Go win some games this year. Like, it, it is the only way to do it. And what do I think of his work ethic? There's no other choice now. Like, everyone else around you got fired. Cliff and Kime are no longer there. The entire front office was blown out. The coaching staff, there's a couple holdovers from Cliff's crew, but for the most part, it's going to be all new guys with Jonathan Gannon. You have a fresh start, and you are there, and you are the high-paid guy, and you will be wearing the C on the jersey like you did last year. So for me, this is like a really cool opportunity for Kyler Murray. Yes, he's rehabbing from the injury, but he also has this cool opportunity to rewrite the narrative. His career is not done in Arizona. They're banking everything on him. You know, every little piece of news that came out about Kyler Murray was negative to the point where it's almost it's almost too easy to pick on him or to come on this show and say he needs to be improved. He needs to get better. He needs to, I think he knows that. I think uh, you know we were all in on Kyler, and I you know you have this amazing start to your career. He goes to the playoffs and he has that terrible playoff loss to the Rams, and it has just been down since. So to me, prove some people wrong. Have whispers out of the building from veteran players being like, Kyler's changed. I would have loved J.J. Watt to come out or Larry Fitzgerald at some point or Rodney Hudson or any of these veterans come out over the last few years and been like, the narrative on Kyler's completely wrong. Kyler works his butt off. Kyler's always the last guy in there. They well, can't they because... Because the narrative's right. Because the narrative is it is what it is. Like, those guys would love to... Did you he, see J.J. Watt on Dan Patrick? He was he asked not, about playing with Kyler. He could not speak He wouldn't answer it. He, he changed the topic to playing with Antonio Brown in It college. was to the point that, like... You know, if JJ wants to do TV, like I'd be hesitant. Yeah. If like you can't give me that, because that's how much they want to protect Kyler's yeah. reputation. They don't want to bury him. But the truth of the matter is, Kyler has a chance now to rewrite this entire narrative with a fresh new start with a team with zero expectations. Yeah. 
Like, people are picking them to go 1-16 before leaving the draft. Mm -hmm. So go out there and win some games yeah. and shut people up. Yeah, I hear that. And I, I'm with you in the sense that I've said this. The state of Kyler Murray is, is a shame, I think. Kyler Murray should be like what, what Mahomes is, but in the NFC. His upbringing is incredible. He looks different. He plays different. He is, he's just as talented as Mahomes. And it's just, let's just do a quick box score. We're four years in. Mm -hmm. We've not won any playoff games. From your same draft class, Daniel Jones just won a playoff game. All right? Uh, you're hurt. The head coach, not only any head coach, the head coach who is specifically hired to harness your talents and coach you is gone. The GM who drafted your number one is gone. The owner who drafted your number one overall is under fire. And you have a venerable, respected teammate saying you need to, quote, grow up on a podcast just freely talking about it and then going subsequent podcasts and doubling down on it. You need to grow up. With is the most patronizing, demeaning, <laughs> little adult to a child soundbite that will never go away. The only favor that grow up did for him was it got fewer people to start talking about the contract clause. Like that's the only thing. It changed the conversation. So nothing better. So Peter, I'm kind of with you. Yeah, pick yourself up. Yeah. This guy have that? Four years in. This is a professional athlete who's been paid for years. He's been extended. I would have loved to see Kyler Murray after the grow up thing come out and say something and not combative, not I'm listening to my teammates. I'm to come out and say, I'm doing some self-reflecting. I want to be the best athlete I can be and the best teammate I can be. I have a lot to learn, but I promise I my still resolve to win a Super Bowl for the circle. Just nothing, nothing. And also like, I'm just going to say this as a fan. He's not a really likable athlete. He just isn't. He seems ornery. He seems like he's not having fun out there. He seems like he's just not enjoying himself. There's not a palpable joy to him on the field with someone from his talents and someone who looks different because of his height. Should be fun. But how it's fun not, are those plays? That two-point conversion against it's the Raiders, it's awesome. the Hail Mary. Like, it's awesome. There's those little, there's those the little spring. You're like, ah, That's he could be so good. I know. It's that roller coaster yeah. we talked about. The, the highs are really high. The lows are really low. But can I be devil's advocate? Yes, because yes please. We're talking about Kyler Murray, who's drafted number one. Peter, you kind of alluded to something. The Cardinals are at rock bottom. There's a lot going on in Arizona outside of having a brand-new head coach and a brand-new general manager in their first year. And he comes in, and there's lofty expectations that come along with being drafted first overall. And then we look at the building he's inserted in, and then we act, we get to hear everybody say Kyler's playing video games, he needs to grow up. We're now hearing a general manager who you can say his comments were positive, but when you're talking about a quarterback and you say, well, he needs to learn how to watch film, he needs to learn how to understand the game. If I'm somebody listening to that, I'm like, well, he's not going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL because if you don't have those things, it doesn't matter how much talent you have because quarterback is synonymous with being able to study the game and watch watch film. Yep. So I think we all take the opportunity and obviously some deserving to say, hey, Kyler Murray, you're not working hard enough. You need to grow up all of these different things. But let's draft a guy first of all and let's surround him with the right infrastructure to help him grow. Cliff Kingsbury is probably still on vacation based off of the last few years he spent in Arizona to not just pleasant. recover and be able to come back to normal. He doesn't even want to coach this season based off of everything that uh -huh, has transpired. Uh -huh. So I'm looking at Kyler Murray. Yeah, does he need to figure out a way to improve and come back next year and obviously win some games. He's coming off of an injury. But at the same time, as an organization, let's make sure we're surrounding him with everything he needs to be developed and become the player of the potential that he possibly has. Mm. I just hate to say, like, all right, yeah, this guy's not doing this. He's not doing that. But who's around him to help him grow into that? And are we giving him the best opportunity and the best structure? We have Ryan Leaf come on each and every week and talk about that. Hey, you drafted a guy high overall, but at the same time, do we have things in place to help him become The that? NFLPA had those report cards on each team come out. The Cardinals ranked at the bottom of everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
if you're a veteran player, you're Jason McCourty, and say it's year 11, year 12, and there are guys, Kelvin, there's yeah. guys, how do you change something so big? How is it on the play? Like, so, like, what would be your advice to Kyler if he knows that this is a mountain that we're going to have to climb up to even be competitive with some of these other franchises based on the infrastructure that we have? Yeah, I would say opposite of what Kyle just said of, like, come out. No, I'm not saying anything. Like, I'm going through an injury right now. It's headphones on, and it's dark mode. I'm grinding. I'm in there re recovering, rehabbing, rehabbing mm -hmm. every single day. And you hate to say it, but like you just said, not a likable athlete. These types of things make you kind of go in a shell and be concerned with just yourself. You have to become a selfish athlete in a sense because you have to make sure you have some self-preservance through all of this. So I think if I was Kyler Murray, that would be my attitude. No matter what happens around me, mm. I'm sure as hell going to come out and I'm going to be ready to perform this upcoming season. The CNBC side of me comes out sometimes. You know, I follow the markets. He joined that FaZe Clan, and that was a sure. big story. It's cover Sports Illustrated. FaZe Clan, year over year, is down 95% in the stock market. It is, like, as bad as things could have gone for Kyler Murray. Like, even his video game career and what he was hoping for, those guys, that whole market has just completely mm. cratered. So it's like... He's got to be grasping at something here. How are like, the he A's needs a looking win. in the AOS? They doing he anything? needs a win. I, I don't think the A's are doing much better, pal. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> I think he needs a win somewhere. I feel right. for, for him on that end where it's just a lot of negativity everywhere. Yeah. I feel like we're beating up on Kyler pretty good right now, and I just this is, might be the worst team in the league going into the season. We were saying that about Seattle last year, and they went to the playoffs. Mm. So you just got to be careful about what we do. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 